So the land issue, jobs, health and education with the focus of the EFF's 167-page election manifesto, which is called a plan of action. Thousands of EFF members painted the giant stadium red in Soshanguve, north of Pretoria. Uh, this was the prediction of EFF leader Julius Malema earlier in the week. But now we speak to Professor Lesiba Tefo, uh, political analyst, to, to try and pick out uh, some of the juiciest bits about that. Thank you for making some time for us this morning, uh, Prof. Tefo. Really do appreciate it, of course. It is fairly early on a Sunday morning, but now some of the... what what is in the manifesto is very much you know where the EFF has been uh, you know heading towards so much ambition there I mean I look at some of that and think well that's not really going to be possible but they're calling it an action plan what do you think is the most critical point of that and is likely to be the, the thing that the EF will be telling its supporters and potential supporters uh, leading into those elections good morning Steve and the listeners uh, I was there yesterday, and um, what I thought was a big plus for him was the use of the African language in particular, not so to to speak to the audience that really, really at out of his palm, because it was a mundane discourse that he was engaging mm-hmm. in, and I think um, he really engaged them, and he spoke to issues that literally affect them on daily basis. Uh, he went overboard, as politicians often do in spaces like that. Some of the things are not doable, are not practical. However, when you want to upstage your opponent, you often are too so generous in order to uh, impress and to attract the audience. But there were good things here and there that I thought, you know, um, emphasizing the indigenous knowledge systems, Right, I think that was very, very pertinent. That doing away with the tenders and uh, at least building state capacity reminded me what happened yesteryear. That under apartheid, while the ideology was bad, but the systems that were in place, the, the maintenance of the infrastructure. Even on Sunday, you would have an old man on his bicycle going to fix the, the only pump that were problematic in the township or in the village. And if you do that, because the corruption that we find here right now in the main has to do with affirmative action, with, in the main has to do with cadre deployment, in the main has to do with getting wrong people in those positions. And if they were to go that route, I have no doubt. And I think that is the same uh, sentiment being expressed by Makura as well. It's interesting you you, you talk about, uh, you know, those lessons from the past as well, because as we've seen, you know, things have unraveled. And perhaps without, you know, the the acknowledgement, you know, there has been that sense some people have been have have said and they've been attacked for it, although Maybe what they're pointing to are those exact lessons which perhaps have been taken from the past about how things did work. Whether you were on the wrong side or the right side of apartheid, there were certain systems in place. Now, in terms of job creation, that I mean, land and jobs, clearly the big issues. The EFF has uh, been driving um, the land issue. Mm-hmm. Presumably, and you've, you've said, there was, there's lots of hyperbole in the manifesto. Clearly, economists are probably going to look at the EFF manifesto and say, well, you know, this would bankrupt the, the, you know, the country if if it came into being. How, you know, in terms of those messages, is this a manifesto which will scare investors? At one level, 
I think uh, the EFF doesn't care about the middle class that they have lost almost completely, mm. and the, the investors. They are more about the figures and about their, 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 about numbers. Their catchment area, their target group, is the youth. The language they use is for the youth. What happens later will, will, will take care of itself or will take care of it. What they're saying now, I dare them always when we talk informally, that you know that once you move in, you are not going to do that, the things that you are doing. And it, I, I won't blame you, because like many others, you, what you tell and promise don't always tally. Pragmatism is the one that informs the world, and the winning nations of the world today are less beholden to ideology than to pragmatism. What works is what works. And it needs knowledge, it needs skills, it needs capacity, it needs a global understanding of how winning nations succeed. And, I mean, you know, what one thinks perhaps of the, the, the liberal organizations, uh, perhaps like the, the DA and perhaps COPE as well, and say perhaps they have the most realistic uh, policies in that regard. But clearly that's not resonating. And the DA at the moment seems to be under – and its damage control is proving poor, right? Look, um, <laughs> the rhetoric might be appealing, but um – I'm not convinced. I, I'm saying yes. I hear 50% uh, which are in, in government and president in waiting, and uh, I say they will have to work very hard to get 10% because the catchment area is not always excited about the, the the election on the day in question. Will go in? Will they go in droves to go and vote for the EFF? Those that think that uh, it is important and it's a civic duty to vote are the middle class and the aged. And the aged in the main are in the rural areas. That's why I would always argue that uh, that is now the ANC's focus point, and they are likely to draw more votes from there. So for the EFF, as things stand right now, um, yes, it is the youth, the language they use, the attire they put on, the discourse, the symbolism is very, very appealing. And indeed, uh, it's very impressive. And I'm sure you will see every Friday now from next, from next week, they will be wearing red. You'll see them in the, in the past and so on. Yes, they will perform, they will get some numbers, but I dare say, uh, 10%, beyond 10%, I'll really, uh, cheer them a lot and even buy them perhaps something to, to enjoy next Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Pref, Pr- Professor Tefo, uh, for the, those valuable insights. Uh, we, we, we wait with interest uh, and hope you're not going to – well, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know how you'd feel about being out of uh, pocket for buying, buying all those presents at Christmas, but uh, maybe it's time you start saving. Thank you very much to Professor Lesiba Tefo, our political analyst. But now in terms of – the message and how it goes down. This, this is the interesting thing, and he specifically spoke about uh, getting the youth involved. We're joined by independent strategic communications and crisis management specialist Michael Sinian Corsi. Thank you for your time. This is very interesting because, of course, the EFF, as uh, the professor has said, has done very well in, in reaching out to the youth. But he has indicated that he doesn't think that's going to translate at the polls. When we look at, say, comparing what the ANC has offered in its manifesto, and a lot of people have said, well, it's you know, much, of the, much of the same and stayed. 
which may appeal to its traditional supporter base compared to, say, the EFF manifesto, which is full, full of progressive and, and very ambitious goals. What is your sort of analysis on, on how effective the messages that the ANC is telling compared to what the EFF is telling are, are going to be? Yeah, thank you very much, Stephen, and thank you for having me. Um, look, I, I think um, that will very much be determined by how the media covers uh, these events and how it covers the manifestos themselves. And I think uh, in South Africa uh, today, um, you know, parties uh, deliver their manifestos. Uh, they make the promises that uh, they make, uh, but what is lacking is the interrogation. Mm. Uh, of those messages. So right now, I know that uh, the EFF, um, you know, is talking jobs. I know that the ANC is talking jobs, but uh, as to how they are going to do it, whether those uh, manifestos are viable uh, or not, uh, are the answers that, uh, you know, are the questions that uh, remain unanswered. I think the media in South Africa has a very important role to play. And if the media does not play this role, it may become irrelevant. People may end up moving onto social media where there is debate, where people disagree openly. And, uh, you know, when you look at the traditional media, the mainstream media, you don't find the intensity of the debate being reflected. And, and I think... Um, that's what people would want to see. So if you talk to me about the launch of uh, the ANC manifesto and the launch of uh, the EFF, what I see when I consume the media, I think, is obsession with uh, the optics, uh, who could fill the stadium, you know, uh, mm, yeah, sure. what, was the, what was the enthusiasm, and, and uh, all those things. I mean, <laughs> let me tell you, uh, and, and your listeners, um, politics do not fill stadiums. Money fills stadiums. So, it, it, so, so if you see a sea of shirts, uh, be they uh, you know yellow or be they blue or be they red, each and every shirt costs money. It could cost maybe seventy-five uh, rand, and if uh, you know that party uh, is filling a stadium that takes fifty thousand, you're talking millions of rands. The question should be, where is that money coming from? So, if we if we if we don't focus on such questions, then we get distracted, and we get to a point now where I can't even tell you what the difference between the manifesto of the ANC or the DA or the EFF, insofar as jobs is concerned, that does not come out. Mm, that's uh, an interesting point. You say that just quickly, in terms of uh, you know the debate on social media. Surely, if we look at things like Brexit and populism in uh, you know developed countries, we've seen where a person like Trump manages to get elected despite all the interrogation of his misfacts, his lying, uh, his policy confusion. So, can we? You say the media is going to play an important role, but surely if this is being done on social media, traditional media is not going to have that much of an effect. Look, let's, let's, let's take the example that you spoke about, uh, which is Trump and his election and what happened with uh, Brexit and all that. Again, it, it goes back to that the traditional media is not providing the platform for people to express these views. And they express these views on social media, which is where the debates are taking place. And even us in South Africa, I don't think that we are immune 
to an emergence of uh, it could be a left-wing political party that can run on populism, taking advantage, advantage of the issues that the ruling party is not paying attention to. That's also possible even in this country. That's why I'm saying it's very important for your listeners, for your viewers, for your readers to be engaged so that we all know at, what given po- at any given time what the people of South Africa want. Because we, we can be focusing on certain things only to find that you know, we are not talking at all to the voters who feel, may feel marginalized and they can be energized by a populist. Makosini Nkosi, who is an independent strategic communications and crisis management specialist, his thoughts on those manifestos and the impact of those manifestos. And yes, very interesting fact to say that it's not about uh, what the manifestos say, but the way they're interrogated.